Welcome to Me, Myself, and Ego, where your host, Kim Jamison, discusses real-life, relatable stuff. Join Kim as she takes you on a transformational journey of self-discovery, helping you become aware of the bullshit you tell yourself. Are your stories and beliefs holding you back, stopping you from achieving all that you desire? Want less stress and more abundance, less anxiety and more peace? Then you will love this honest, tangible approach to taking control of your life. Here's your host, Kim Jamison. This is a little story of the bullshit we tell ourselves thanks to wounds, traumas, and conditioning. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Me, Myself, and Ego. I am Kim Jamison, and this little ditty is about none other than me, myself, and I, like most of my podcasts, <laughs> not because I want or need anyone to acknowledge it or how far I've come, how great I am, or anything like that, not at all. But by being raw and honest and sharing things like this, my hope is to be relatable and hopefully help someone else, perhaps you in some way. It's a journey, I guess you'd say, more than a story. And I'm telling it, as I said, not because I'm an exception to any rule, but perhaps so you can see, feel, and find the similarities in yourself and your own journey. When I was a little kid, I always thought I was fat, not skinny enough, not tall enough, not fit enough, always lacking in some way. Weirdly, I never worried too much about my face. I always felt pretty enough or attractive enough according to society standards. I mean, as long as I was wearing a bit of makeup, right? Which in itself led me down some pretty unhealthy paths. I can remember times where I would think to myself, fuck, I look like shit. Thank God I have a pretty face. Or I'd use my face to get the results I was after at the time. Very unhealthy stuff, but I'll talk more about that as we go. I can vividly remember being about four or five years old, maybe even a little bit younger, and not wanting to sit with my thighs on a chair because I didn't like the way they spread out and looked fat. So I'd contort myself and do whatever I could to avoid sitting in that position all through school all through adolescence, early adulthood, 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 is that a thing? And then even sadly up until my 30s, well into my 30s. I was never even close to fat, but my conditioning constantly told me otherwise. As an adult, I wasn't fat either, but my conditioning told me otherwise. Due to this constant battle with what I saw, what I believed, and what I was conditioned to see and believe, I never knew how to take a compliment. If someone told me I look good, pretty, beautiful, whatever, I would always meet it with a, oh, don't mind my fat legs or thanks, but don't look at my hair. I would jump in with a deflection of some kind. I was probably at my worst when I was married. Not that I knew any of this at the time. I've actually only joined a lot of these dots recently. When I was married, remembering I married and divorced pretty young, my husband at the time would give me a compliment and say nice things, tell me I was beautiful or give me some kind of compliment. And I'd almost slap him in the face with a deflection, with a yeah, but, or a no, I'm not. <laughs> he used to get so annoyed at me and tell me just to take the bloody compliment. But at the time, I didn't know how. My mum for years would say to me, Kimberly Ann, learning to be gracious is an art. You really need to learn it. <laughs> she would say things to me like, people give you compliments, not because they want you to tell them all the reasons why you think you don't look perfect. They say it because they think you look gorgeous. Obviously, I get it now, 176 years later, but then I was so torn between wanting and needing to hear these compliments because I had zero self-confidence, self-awareness, and self-worth 
and being painfully uncomfortable when someone gave me a compliment. I sought them, compliments I mean, I searched every single day of my life for them. I needed them to survive. I needed them to get me through the next hour, the next day, the next week. I needed them to be my confidence because I had no self-confidence. Problem was I'd get these compliments and because I didn't actually believe it myself, I'd feel really uncomfortable and not know what to say. So I'd deflect them. When they stopped coming from one particular person because they got sick of me deflecting them, I'd have to try and get them elsewhere. When we rely on other people to provide our confidence, we will require it constantly because it's not coming from us and our own beliefs. It's coming from someone else. So as soon as our own self-doubt rears its ugly head, we then need someone else outside of ourselves to convince us again that we are enough. That is confidence. It's ever fleeting. Self-confidence is different. When we have self-confidence, we have this belief within, this inner knowing that no matter what, we are worthy, we are enough, we are a good person, assuming in a very big caveat, we are living in integrity and in accordance with our own values. Now, what I was doing was seeking, searching other people to provide something that I didn't have enough of myself, confidence. The problem with that is it's like a drug, it wears off. And you go looking for more, constantly on this roller coaster of highs and lows. Bit of a trigger warning here. What I'm about to say might trigger you if I haven't already. You might find yourself thinking, I cannot believe she just said that, or oh my God, she's the opposite of. And if it does, that's okay. But know this it's not what I am saying, it is your own wound being triggered, and you'll either be ready to face it or not. You'll get a lot more out of this if you are. Being pretty can be a blessing and a curse. I always knew I had this ability to get compliments. It's like a prostitute knowing she has a body to use in order to get her hit. I knew I could use my physical attractiveness to get the hits I needed. What I genuinely didn't realize was that I was doing it or why. So I did things in order to be noticed and complimented. I made sure I always looked good, looked perfect. My hair was perfect. My skin was perfect. My face, my clothes, my eyebrows, my lashes, whatever, everything. Because that's what it makes, that's what makes you worthy, right? Looking great. If you look great, you'll get whatever it is you want or need, right? (laughs) Again, pretty unhealthy, but I was totally unaware of what was playing out. Totally random. I can actually remember watching Big Brother when it first came out years ago. I don't know how many years ago now, 15, 20 or something. They were doing some activity and went into a room and the producers or whoever had provided them with uh, like these overalls, like work overalls in their appropriate sizes. They then put these lovely overalls on and went about their activity. I can remember sitting there and thinking, fuck, I would never go on this show for that one reason. I would never wear something like that. What I was really saying was, oh my God, I would never go on that show and risk looking fat or ridiculous. I was allowing my fear the oxygen it needed to grow and hold me back, not just theoretically thinking about Big Brother because I didn't actually want to go on the show necessarily, but literally I held myself back in so many ways for years. Most people, even those closest to me, probably don't even know this to this day because I was loud, funny, the class clown, and in many ways loved being the center of attention, which in our society generally equates to being confident, right? 
but I was quite literally crippled in many ways with self-doubt and a lack of self-confidence and self-worth, which, as I say, most people wouldn't have had a clue. I didn't even know. This self-doubt and lack of self-confidence played out in so many ways in my life, in my relationships, and sadly, even in my early parenting. Wounds, traumas, and conditioning often play out in disguise. Here I was, loud, seemingly really confident, flying forward in my career, ticking boxes and kicking goals, but all the while I was unconsciously searching for approval, validation, and convincing, convincing that I was enough. Again, if you had asked someone close to me if I was confident 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago, they'd most probably tell you I was. My daughter and I were actually having this discussion the other night and she was like, no way, you're so confident, mom, nothing bothers you. Sure, I am now, but I wasn't always and I'm still human and I still sometimes have that little voice trying to tell me to sit down, shut up, you're fat, you're dumb, you're not enough, you're not worthy, they won't like you, blah, blah, blah. But rather than listen to that little scared voice anymore and allow it to take the feet out from under me, I see it and hear it with love and empathy. I know it's a part of who I was, the little girl who was crippled with fear and self-doubt, the young woman who was married but didn't feel she deserved to be happy, the broken, divorced woman who felt like all good things would come to an end and nothing lasted forever. I see it and hear it as the generational trauma that I am completely committed to resolving so that my children don't have to go through life chasing the hits I chased for years. Sure, they'll have and are already on their own individual journeys. And I know in many ways, unfortunately, I have already caused them trauma, but I've managed to find peace in the fact that I have and always will do my absolute best with what I have available to me at the time. The difference now is that I'm aware, aware that if I choose to ignore all that I now know, I would be consciously choosing to hurt my kids. When I say hurt, I mean emotionally cause or further cause traumas for them. Sure, from time to time, I'm going to say the wrong thing. I have done it today even, but perhaps I won't give them the attention that they need or deserve or want, but I can't ignore that now. Once it's done, it's done but I am conscious enough, accountable enough, and committed enough to getting out of my own way and having the necessary conversations with them to explain what may have just transpired. Going back 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, fuck, I'm getting old, (laughs) years, I used to constantly compare myself to my friends, to all the other kids at school, all the other mums, the wives, the partners, all all the other business owners. Never quite enough and always feeling like I needed to be more or less of something in order to be good enough. In many ways, it breaks my heart to think I've spent 30 plus years of my life trying to be more of something and less of other things in order to be accepted, selected, enough, worthy, happy. I contorted myself. I played roles I would otherwise not wish to have played. I adopted other people's hobbies, beliefs, likes, and dislikes. I did what I thought I needed to do to be safe, safe in the fact I was more like them and less like me, all the while causing chaos and tremendous trauma within myself. If you know some of my story, you probably know I've had a few relationships, none of which have lasted the magical happy ever after, but I'm completely okay with that for a few reasons, another day, another podcast. But the last 10 years or so, I've been on a pretty wild journey of self-discovery, figuring out who I am, who I want to be, shaking off the societal shackles that were placed on me when I entered this world. 
exploring why I am here and basically trying to figure out what the fuck had been going on in my head for the 20 and 30 years prior. As a young woman, I shielded my insecurities by deflecting them onto other people. I was super fucking judgmental. I criticized everyone and everything they were doing. I now know why, of course, but I had no idea then. Sure, on one hand, I was a good person. I'd help anyone that asked, but I was so unconsciously blinded by my own insecurities, self-doubt, and lack of self-worth that I walked around living my life like I was wearing an anti-reflective suit. It was everyone else and never me. I was always right. Being wrong was not an option. It couldn't be. And although I knew somewhat consciously that I was a bit self-conscious, which was a bit of a pop word for the 90s and early 2000s, I really had no idea what was going on any deeper than that. Like the Big Brother example, for years I avoided situations where I was outside my comfort zone. I avoided pushing myself. I avoided any situation where I might look stupid or potentially embarrass myself unless I was in control of that level of embarrassment, insert class clan and center of attention. I used to be too self-conscious to go to the gym, which translated to English means I allowed my fear of judgment and rejection to stop me from going to the gym, which translated further means I allowed my fears to prevent me from doing the things I wanted to do. Therein lies my life (laughs) up until that point. Like everyone, I was on a journey and as time passed, I found myself probably halfway through a massive personal transformation at the time. Sure, I'd gotten to a point where I had recognized that I'd been holding myself back and I was ready to do to do, and not only acknowledge, sorry, but to do something about it. To keep on with the same example, I pushed through that fear and built up the courage to go to the gym. I got more and more dedicated, did what many people do and got addicted, addicted to not only feeling fit, healthy, and looking great, but also addicted to the compliments, addicted to the external acknowledgement, the external validation, the confidence other people were providing me, which can also be taken away at any moment because it's not my belief. It wasn't my belief, not my self-confidence, not my inner knowing. It was someone else's fleeting opinion. During the first lockdown in 2020, like everyone, I obviously couldn't go to the gym as much and I started to recognize what was actually going on. I'd pushed beyond my own fears and I'd been going to the gym and getting fit and looking great. But as much as I was doing that for myself, I realized at that time I was very much doing it for the need of external validation. Go back through my Instagram. It's blatantly bloody obvious and exactly why I've left it there. Sure, I've come a long way on my journey, but here was this little four or five-year-old girl, this scared married young woman, this broken divorced woman who still needed some hits from sources outside of her own self-worth. I wasn't there yet. I had to keep going, to keep pushing myself. I'm a bit of a weirdo. (laughs) You may know this. I noticed these things and when I noticed these things, If something pops up or plays out in my life or comes into my conscious awareness, I like to play games, push the limits of my own conditioning or wound or whatever it is that's messing up my head at the time. A few months ago, some shit happened and I was left questioning myself and some things I thought I had healed. So I decided to play one of these weirdo games, one of these mindset games with myself, and I stopped going to the gym. First at much, then at all. What happened as a result was surprising, enlightening, and terrifying. 
Though I had come a long way, I had pushed myself, as I said, a lot over the years. I had healed a lot of wounds, said goodbye and good riddance to a lot of demons. I was no longer self-conscious, no longer looking for external validation, no longer fishing for compliments. In fact, I didn't want them at all because it felt quite inauthentic. But I realized that I had gone and attached my self-worth to the new improved version I saw in the mirror. The new improved external me. How did I figure this out? Obviously, when you stop going to the gym every single day and you stop running every day and moving as much, your body changes. Mine did exactly this and I freaked the fuck out. Like I literally freaked out. I started telling myself I look fat. I was bashing myself for not looking as good as I did when I was super fit. Thankfully, it wasn't long before I realized what was happening. Probably a little bit of TMI here, but I was standing in the shower one day and I can remember washing the body wash off the side of my ribs and I couldn't feel my obliques or lats as much as I had in the past. I jumped out of the shower, looked in the mirror and started flexing to assess how much muscle tone I had lost. Then I caught myself and the bullshit that was running through my head at that time in that moment. I literally was playing a reel of all of the compliments I had been getting over the last couple of years. I could even see the very people who were giving them to me. My unconscious mind was doing a fantastic job of handing me what it thought I needed in that moment. More convincing, more of the same old story. You are not enough. You are not worthy. You're not skinny enough. You're not fit enough. You're not toned enough. You won't be worthy if you get fat. You won't be enough for these people if you lose muscle tone. You won't be fit. This person won't respect you anymore. That person won't think you're attractive, blah, blah, blah. On and on it went. I stood there for about 20 minutes just letting it all play out because I knew I needed all of it. I needed all of that lack, all of that doubt, all of these old stories and conditions and wounds and traumas to come out so that I could work on them, debunk them and resolve them. That's how trauma works. It'll keep going around and around, popping up when you're triggered and or vulnerable until it finds an end. Trauma is always looking for a resolution. I did what I needed to do. I had to keep pushing these beliefs, these stories and old conditioning. I had to work on myself and my self-worth that bit more. I wasn't quite there yet. Nope, I wasn't looking for external validation anymore, but I was still lacking some self-confidence and self-worth because I was slipping back into these old stories and wounds, slipping back into the old, if you don't look a certain way, I'm not enough. If I am not worthy, blah, 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 blah. So I kept pushing, kept playing these games. I set some new healthier boundaries around training in the gym. After a couple of weeks, I got to a point where I felt I'd healed this issue that had been playing out. Sure, it still pops up and I am, if I'm not, sorry, it still pops up if I'm not paying attention, but my belief now is much stronger than my old wounds and conditioning. So when and if I ever catch myself, when I notice an old wound, aka my unconscious mind saying something like, you need to lose weight, or I hear someone and their past compliment pop up in my head, I tell myself what I already know and believe, that I am enough and I am living my life in a way that serves me, that I am in integrity and living in accordance to my values. Everything I am doing is for me and my approval, my validation of myself. Yes, I still still train, but I do it because I love it. I'm actually about to go for a hike after this, but I do it because I want to be healthy, both, both mentally and physically. That is one of my highest values. It's why I question everything I put in my body. My hair, 
is another example. My dreads are another example of a game I decided to play with myself. As I mentioned before, my hair was always perfect. I wouldn't be seen in public or even in my own house if it wasn't. I had curls for days and I didn't even know because I got up and blow dried and straightened my hair every single freaking day of my life since I was 10. Getting dreadlocks has already taught me so much more about myself. It's taught me so much more about patience, acceptance, honesty, I can tell you dreadlocks are not something you get one day and look amazing the next. It's a wild, wild ride. One I am absolutely loving because it's allowing me to heal those final unconscious insecurities by bringing them to my conscious awareness. So any of these old wounds, traumas and conditionings that I had, they're popping up. Let me tell you, they're popping up, but I can heal them as they pop up. It's pushed my boundaries, my unconscious beliefs, my conditioning, and also in some cases, the people around me, which is quite, quite, quite cool. That's the sort of beauty of healing generational traumas. I actually, funnily enough, had someone post a comment on my Instagram today that said something like getting dreads and less attractive or something like that. I don't know. A comment like that years ago would have been would have triggered me into a state of fear, a state of I'm not enough, I'm not worthy, I must change. Today I read it. I paused and I witnessed myself. I was a conscious participant in my own life. I processed what I read, felt very little other than everyone is entitled to their own opinion. I'm clearly not for everyone. No one is and that's okay. I felt this all without even a hint of arrogance or fear. It actually made me so happy because I knew in that moment I had grown and healed these wounds and I'd shaken those shackles. Getting out of the beauty industry was another massive shift for me. I've said many times that I never really quite felt like it was my space anyway. I often felt very conflicted, especially the last few years of owning salons. It really went against everything I was trying personally to shed. I just felt like it both fed and starved people's insecurities, my insecurities. We pride on selling something to people to make them look better and then promised it would make them feel better. We sold them a false illusion that by getting a beauty treatment, they would magically feel better about themselves and all of a sudden be enough. It's absolute bullshit. I despise a lot about the beauty industry for that reason. But in reflection, I'm also very grateful that it was a part of my journey for so long. It really did teach me so much. And please don't get me wrong. There are a lot of amazing people doing fantastic things in the industry and trying hard to change all that was wrong. And I love that. Now that I've shared some of the wild things that have plagued me for most of my life, I'm sure the question on your lips is, am I all good now? I say all the time, there is no pivotal point that you want to get to where we are perfect, perfectly unaffected by anything and everything. We're not Buddha, nor should we aspire to be. I mean, you can if you want. What my aim is for myself and those who allow me to help them is to be consciously aware, aware of where we are allowing our old stories, our old conditioning, old traumas, old fears and wounds to hold us back and keep us stuck, to recognize the bullshit we are telling ourselves. So fast fast forward to now. I'm still a bit of a weirdo and I'm going to keep pushing myself and any old beliefs and conditioning to make sure I have totally healed them. You are welcome to come along for the ride. I can't promise it's always going to be smooth, but I'm totally okay with that. Maybe you could take a leaf out of my book and have an honest chat with yourself. Where are you allowing yourself to stay stuck? How are you bullshitting yourself? 
Where in your life are your wounds, traumas, and past conditioning playing out and not serving you? Once you've recognized them, you then have to decide what you're going to do about them. Stay there or move forward. Thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you were able to get something positive out of my bearing my soul. Keep digging, keep asking questions. You are enough and you are so worth it. Don't forget to like, share and review this podcast, especially if you feel it's helped you and in some way you think maybe it will help someone else. Thanks for listening to Me, Myself and Ego with Kim Jamison. Be sure to subscribe to the show now to be the first to hear new episodes from Kim. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to like and share it so we can spread the love. Want more information on Kim and her work? Visit kimjamison.com.au today.